Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Welcome back, everyone. Now, I'm excited about this one. We've got some heavy hitters coming up this term, haven't we? <laughs> we have. So we wanted to bring a little juxtaposition to that. <laughs> yeah, a little uplift, a little light. <laughs> and today, we want to talk about how we find inspiration when it's dark. Mm. This is well known for being, for many people, the lowest point of the year, and that it's only now, actually, that I've really started seeing the power of things like the fairy lights in December, mm. just lifting us up and creating that sense of sociability and inspiration and warmth at a time when it's really not warm outside. And I think January is the opposite of that, isn't it? It can be so bleak. It can be so dark it can be so cold we've all had the reality of the christmas bill hit generally <laughs> by by mid to late january and it can be really challenging to keep yourself going mm. so we thought we would explore what we do to find inspiration through these bleaker months how we keep ourselves going and and just have a bit of a conversation around some of the things that sap our inspiration in the hope that it it might help some of you yes lovely so where do you find inspiration and what sort of things will you be doing in January do you think Mm, good question I know that by the time I get back I'll have spent a couple of weeks in the Alps so I will be reliving a lot of that (laughs) drawing on those memories and all of those kind of things but that can get a bit depressing because it's like, oh, I wish I was there. I'm not here. And I think mm. the antidote to that is to really be where I am. Mm. And it can get so depressing when it's sort of dark and winter and oh, all of this is because we want it to be light. And so for me, I, I take real joy in really nesting into the season as it is. Mm. Yes. And doing the same things like, getting out for a walk bright and early, but doing it in the frost and really mm. reveling in the frost. Yeah. Going for my runs, but doing it in the rain. Yeah. And having those post-run rituals where you're absolutely bloody freezing and you wish you'd worn your gloves and coming in and having really hot mulled toddy in the morning. Yes, I drink. Yes, I day drink, people. <laughs> like, it's a gift. It's a reward of the season because I wouldn't do that in the summer. I actually don't enjoy the summer as much as I enjoy the other three months it's kind of my favorite season yeah same for me yeah I'm so with you for like enjoying the fires and the stews and the 
all of that stuff. It's wonderful for me because I love sunrise and I love sunset and it gets mm. hard to do that as the days get longer and longer. So mm. with the sun and watching the dawn is one of my absolute winter pleasures. Mm. And just that daybreak feeling where the night is just banished in that moment is so uplifting for me. Mm. So making sure I do that really regularly is really important to me. And then at the flip side of that, you know, stargazing, I'm lucky where I am, and same for you, that you can get out and there's not a huge amount of light pollution. I mean, I'd long to live in a dark peak over winter. That would just be extraordinary where you could just see the Milky Way. And, and we've got some wonderful, like, meteor showers that happen in January. Uh-huh. I think showers in January. There's, so I have this brilliant little app on my phone that tells me when the sh- meteor showers are happening. Okay. And I'll make a thing of that with the kids and I'll get yeah. out and look at the constellations. And obviously the sky changes, your orientation changes. So there's constellations of stars that you can only see at that time of this time of year. Mm. See other ones, you know. So I say a little hello to the seven sisters, and you know, twinkling next to the moon, and so the same things that might inspire me at other times of the year, but relishing in their starkness at this time of year. And I read a lot of poetry because I get inspired by words. So Mm. I write a lot more poetry in the winter, and I read a lot more poetry in the winter, and that Mm. inspires me. It's those little rituals of of warmth and nesting and Hugo. You know, I read my little book of at this time of year every yeah. year and there's some beautiful sentiments in there because it really is about creating this richness of life mm. this little book is called the danish art of living well and it really they do really know how to live in mm. it so it's really beautiful how about a lot for me also comes from celebrating the seasons you know i love winter i love the frost i love the beauty I love Christmas. Um, I love the celebrations. Yeah, Poppy always laughs because come late autumn, there aren't many flowers outdoors. And I, d- I don't really buy flowers anymore. Mm. I, you know, aesthetically, I don't love how they look, but actually it's a sustainability thing as well. But what I do do is bring lots of stuff in from the outdoors. So, you know, if you go for a walk after it's been windy, you'll find these great boughs of spruce on the floor. And Poppy always says to me, oh, it's half a tree season because I just have these huge branches in the house um, that no one can get around, but they look amazing. And the life that that brings in, the life, the candles, the Mm. fires, the blankets, the heated blankets, all the layering up. So I, I do... I love that. And like you say, the nesting, the making of marmalade, all of that stuff. Mm. Looking for the beauty as well. You know, there's so much beauty to be found, obviously, especially when you've had something lovely like a hall frost or even just looking at the colour. There, there isn't just one colour of hollyberry. Yes, yes. So just looking for details like that, looking at the shape of... I mean, I'm looking at the shape of a rose hip because I'm thinking, am I going to snip that and bring it in? But, you know, just just looking for the beauty, I think, is really lovely. I think particularly in the winter, learning new skills. So Mm -hmm. learning about new things, but also developing my skills. So 
I've just bought this new iPad and it has Procreate on it and an Apple Pencil and, you know, learning how to use that. That's really satisfying. Mm. Everything you're talking about is making me think of this line from John Keats where he says, oh, for a life of sensations rather than thoughts. Oh, yeah. And it is. It's the season of sensations, isn't it? Yeah. So how do yeah. we get right into our senses with that? And that mm. bring, I mean, I always love coming to yours because there is always the outside has come in, the life that's come in, because it is about really connecting with life and it becomes something a little bit more sacred at this time of year, I think, just holding on to that essence of it. And it makes the abundance that comes in spring and summer and autumn so much more meaningful. Yes. But also it creates this sense of equilibrium in the house. I think this is why I don't buy imported flowers really anymore because I don't want larkspur in my house in the winter it just looks odd yeah you know I like going with the flow and I like that feeling of mixing things up and Mm. I love getting my teeth stuck into a problem Mm. a creative problem and, you know, this is with various degrees of welcomeness. If someone's got a new house and they, they're trying to work out what to do with it, lots of people would often ask for my input. I love that kind of idea of solving a problem mm. in a really creative way. So then the other thing that crossed my mind was I took the girls to a Christmas concert on Sunday night. So it was Cadogan Hall. It was all these West End stars doing Christmas songs. Oh, wow. And They were all phenomenal. But there's this one performer, Rachel John, who is off the charts incredible. I mean, she's an incredible singer anyway. Mm. But she, she has a deep religion and she sang Oh Holy Night. Mm. And it was so moving Mm. and rousing and inspiring because she wasn't singing to us anymore. She was singing to God. And it was one of the most moving, inspiring. Oh, I've got goosebumps as you're talking. Oh, it was incredible. She got a standing ovation. I mean, I just kind of found myself standing up. You know, it wasn't. And I think things like that, you cannot underestimate things like that. You're not going to probably get that from Netflix. Yes, as you were talking about that, I was getting literal goosebumps and it reminded me of the importance of music for me at this time. And mm. I, I do a lot of sound healing anyway in, in sort of in my work and for myself. And there's there are certain frequencies that shift us out of some of the lower states. And there's this one particular frequency called the divine frequency. And you say you're not going to get that on Netflix or what have you. But I oh, can- I'm here for it. If we can do it by the fire with a heated blanket on, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> but I came across this, but it came up on one of those adverts on Insta or Facebook or what have you. And it was the audition of this young 13 year old boy, uh, Malachi Bayou, singing at this divine frequency. And he's 13 year old and he's got, he's got this, the purest, sweetest face. Mm. His voice is like an angel. And the uplift from that, not just the appreciation of how he could sing but like you were saying like there was something something else something else happens doesn't it and the frequency moved my body all of my emotions and it was like I was literally inspired you know it's like yeah 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 
spirit pouring in in that sense yeah. of wow there is some sense of wonder here yes yeah. that's the thing about the stargazing as well it's like it's a really wonderful time to open up to that sense of awe and wonder yeah we have to be slower we have to gather in a little bit more and then maybe there's a little more time for that there's huge potential for awakening that that wonder at this time because it can be so hard to find yeah and I suppose that that kind of goes on to that idea that January is traditionally a season of restriction you know Mm. we've had all this excess of spending and drinking and eating I have had Januaries where I've just continued with the cheese and the potatoes and really looked after myself and actually that doesn't make me feel great come February either because Mm -hmm. I'm then another stone overweight (laughs) (laughs) but one of the things I did last year was I started walking 10,000 steps a day and I thought if I can do it in January I can do it any month and I've kept that going and that really helped in terms of feeling good Mm. and then I guess the other thing is focusing on nutrition and vitality rather than restriction I think one of the things I did in January last year was trying to get as many colors of the rainbow in or there's that new thing isn't there eating 30 different whole grains plants vegetables herbs spices a week so when you focus on that, you just kind of naturally eat less cheese, biscuits, pastries, mm-hmm. because, you know, there's, you've got to get your whole grains in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the last thing that I've realised I notice that really lifts me at this time of year, particularly out in nature, is noticing the resilience, the innate resilience of the creatures in the garden. Mm. So, of the birds and the squirrels and those poor beasts that are still out there in the cold. Dawn chorus is something to behold and they magically just get on with their stuff and they all flock together and they're all busy and they're all doing their thing and they're incredibly resilient. Mm-hmm. And that to me is really inspiring because that reminds me that, you know, I am of this nature. This is this is me too. I may be boxed into this warm, centrally heated house. When I look out into that space and go no that is my nature I am resilient I can do this was kind of what got me through those early bits of lockdown was seeing that nature mm. carries on oh yeah oh and it really came out in lockdown didn't it yeah but I think you know what you're talking about is the same kind of idea mm. with that with hopefully yeah. not the global crisis as a backdrop mm. So what saps your inspiration, particularly in the winter, I think, but sort of generally? Well, if I don't move enough, the tendency can be to hibernate. And if I'm not moving enough, I can get a little bit stagnant. That's funny, I hadn't written that down. Yeah, and I'm never going to move as much in the winter as I do in the spring, because I think it's important to slow. But if I do it too much, I get stuck. Yes, you change how you move. I do more yin yoga in the winter. Still do the sweaty stuff. Spend a bit longer in the sauna. Nice. I dance a lot more. I use a lot of music in the winter. Interesting. I do a lot of dancing and a lot of singing with the kids. Okay, I do neither of those things. <laughs> Mostly because I'm discouraged from doing it. <laughs> what else saps your strength, do you think? 
Well, the usual things that would sap my strength at any time of the year, listening to the media too much. Yeah. I do tend to notice the struggle of people homeless when I go in and around town. Mm. It gets to me a lot more in the winter because mm. I'm like, how are you bearing this? How yeah. are you sitting on that cold stone for so long? So trying to find some agency and having, you know, being able to do something about it. I think that feeling of imp- impotence and, and lack of agency around being able to change those things gets me mm. down into much more than it does in the summer. Yeah. How about you? My, my, my don't seem quite as altruistic as yours. <laughs> <laughs> because I spend so much of my time at home, working at home, being at home with the kids. Mm. Lots of mine is due down to my kind of immediate environment. Yeah. So it, it is things like messy house, chaos, yeah, that for me too. Um, not, not eating well. So chaos, isolation. And I guess it's the obvious things of it's very difficult to be happy if one of your members of your family isn't happy. Yeah. So there's, there's being aware of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of turmeric and black pepper grated up in the freezer good to go as soon as someone gets a sore throat I think winter's incredible and I think lots of people dread it Mm. I wonder whether it's because I'm so proactive about making winter special Mm. and exciting that I enjoy it more than summer which we just expect to be this amazing month and I, I I do love the freedom that summer gives me I love the extended days that I can get out and I can walk or we can go to the beach or mm-hmm. we can do more things but I, I genuinely don't find my mood as high in the summer as I do in other months of the year so I have to work a bit harder in the winter because I need sunlight yes so I do struggle if I don't get yeah. out that has always affected my mood mm. and making the most of the daylight hours yeah is really important I think like everything, you know, when you can keep your inspiration and your vitality high, it's going to have an impact on your business, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I'm wondering if I can leave you with a little quote from Judith Friedman Hansen. Mm. In its aspect of comfort, Huga involves a sense of well-being which encourages relaxation and peacefulness. It excludes, by definition, a distracted or preoccupied state of mind. Hugo is committed par excellence to the present moment in its basicness. In the words of Hartman Peterson, Hugo rushes in of itself as soon as one is carefree. How nice! Yes! Carefree, present moment, living in the senses, Keats-esque. Yeah, I'm here for that. Fabulous. Right, till next week. See you folks. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. 
you can like and subscribe, as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.